This episode is brought to you by Truth Table. Pre-order Truth Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation at truthtable.com. And Penguin Young Readers, publishers of children's books for all readers. Our mission is to ignite a universal passion for reading by creating books for everyone. Visit penguinrandomhouse.com. And Jubilee Financial Services, where we empower individuals, families, nonprofits, and small businesses to build tax-free wealth through affordable life insurance. Visit Jubilee Financial Services at jubileefinancialgroup.com. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Truth Table, midwives of culture for grace and truth. We're Michelle, Akemini, and Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. Welcome to the table, sisters. How y'all doing? On this episode of Truth's Table, we're going to be getting into actually the very first chapter of this brand new book. Isn't it beautiful for those who can see it? Uh, Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation. And that very first chapter is written by our one and only, Akemini. Uh, The chapter is titled, The Audacious Perseverance of Colorism. And you are not going to want to miss reading this chapter. So make sure you pre-order and get the book, but you're also going to really enjoy this conversation today. So, uh, Akimini, uh, you step in heavy in this very first chapter <laughs> of this here book. You was like, you know what I want to talk about? Colors, 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 <laughs> colorism. So yeah, talk, talk to, talk to us about that. Why, why colorism? And why did you pick that topic to start with? Ooh, I don't know if I picked it or the the topic chose me. Well, um, you know, I think, um, yeah, it's a, it's well, it's it's a pervasive issue um, in our community and around the globe. Uh, it's not just our community, but we, we within our community certainly. Um, and so, it and it's something that's mapped onto my life in significant ways. And so, I could, I, there's no way I can ignore <laughs> the impact of being a dark skinned black woman. Um, as the way that I move around the world and the way our, yeah, around the world and how that has impacted different facets, facets of my life. And so, um, however, reluctantly or enthusiastically, Mm -hmm. I can say more reluctantly, (laughs) I wrote about colorism, you know, and yeah, and it wrote about me. So it was, it was a doozy. Okay. It was a doozy. (laughs) Um, did you feel like you had much preparation to write this? Because I think, you know, just the way that you described the way colorism has been mm-hmm. part of your life, however unfortunate, but so real. Do you feel like you had to sit and prepare a lot? You know, normally a book chapter, we said in a past episode, research, interviews, all this stuff. What was your prep process for this chapter? A lot of praying because <laughs> I didn't want to do it. <laughs> Like not that I not that I didn't want to do it. I don't want to make it seem like that, but it was just like, oh, I just knew th- there's just a lot of mm. trauma, you know, uh, there a lot of significant um, trauma from my childhood, um, and that really made me reluctant to write this chapter. And so I just was like, Ugh. you know, so I was kind of avoiding it for for a bit, so much so that I had a hard time. Um, it wasn't the first chapter I wrote because I just could not access it. Like emotionally, mm. mentally, I just could not access it. 
at the time. And so I just had to step away, put it away and go write a different chapter. Uh, not that the other chapters are so much easier to write because they were not. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I just could not access it at the time that I wanted to write it. And so I had to wait in, it might've been the second to last chapter I wrote actually out of, out of all four chapters, I think it was the second to last chapter that I wrote. And um, so I don't know, my preparation process is obviously my life experience. Yes. Cause these are our musings, right? This is not mm-hmm. <laughs> the truth about colorism is my experience um, yeah. it, and what I've observed and what I understand about it, what I've read, um, sociological and historical implications of that. So I did do a lot of reading, um, as y'all know how I do. <laughs> so, so I try. I don't. I don't like to be half stepping on stuff. So I um, learned from a lot of Black women. I got to uh, read quite a few books. Let me not even misquote them because I don't even have the quotes right now. You know all the the names of the books. That's fine. But they are cited. <laughs> Um, and cite black women. Yeah, cite exactly. Cite read cite black women. And um, yeah, so I did. I did a lot. I did quite a bit of reading before, and I did some. I did some uh, historical recall too on some of our uh, heroes who have also, uh, or sheroes, I should say, uh, in the faith who have also been impacted by um, colorism. And so it was pretty eye opening to hear. Not surprising, but it was eye opening to hear the ways you know that somebody whom I really deeply admire was impacted um, in some very systemic ways by colorism. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people are going to be deeply, deeply enriched when they check out that chapter. You know, what would you say? I mean, from, from the work that you put in both um, the intellectual work and just the emotional work, what, what are, you know, what were the big um, kind of hopes as well as worries that you had? about this chapter? Yeah. Um, I wanted my, uh, so I had to really thread the needle well because I share an account of my own, um, my own self-loathing and the ways that manifested itself in some very harmful and very literally toxic, um, and dangerous ways that I was harming my body, um, due to colorism and anti-blackness and you know, that, that, um, that was, that I was, that I internalized. And so I wanted to make sure to write in such a way that I'm not impugning blackness. It's not, blackness isn't the issue. It's racism and white supremacy and colonialism and imperialism and the list can keep going on. So being able to really thread that, <laughs> Christina's head spinning around. <laughs> Um, all, all the all the things. All it's a, it's a it's a long list. It's a long list. Um, <laughs> being able to thread that needle well, so that people know it, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. Anyway, just, just being able to show people the the problem was wasn't my blackness. Um, it was the the messages I was receiving that were internalized. Right. The problem is racism. The problem is always racism. Um, the problem is always white supremacy. And so being able to thread that needle very. Um, Carefully is what I tried to do, and so that was that was kind of a concern. I was like, I don't want people taking away, you know, <laughs> or misconstruing anything. And I was pretty explicit in there, and I I asked myself some pretty deep and probing questions that I was wrestling with, and even had mm. wrestled with in hindsight, like, huh, what was I trying to do? Um, and and just kind of wrestling with what it meant, you know, to be um, a dark skinned black girl growing up in um, a society that hates blackness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot about this idea of sharing traumatic stories 
um, for the sake of not only sitting at the table with your sisters who are dark skin, light skin in between, um, but really being able to give words to things that honestly trauma hasn't let some of our sisters testify about. Um, And I just wonder, you know, we talked about this already, but I just wonder who you were picturing um, as you Mm -hmm. wrote, you know, sometimes trauma will make you picture the offender and the person Mm -hmm. that sent you that message or, you know, maybe some of your healing experience because you do give a really powerful description, which I think carries throughout other chapters, which we'll hear about, but you give a powerful description of the redemption of the beauty of yourself. Um, Mm. And I found that to be so critical to the, to the strength of the trauma that you share, the self-loathing and then the dignity. Um, Mm. So who, who are you picturing as you wrote that? And maybe it was baby girl Akimini, you know, Mm -hmm. that's right. No, um, Ooh, that's a great, yeah, because listen, the, the trauma it was was and is strong. Okay, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I can overemphasize that. I'm just telling y'all, I'm giving y'all a trigger warning right now on the book chapter. It is the first chapter, <laughs> so we going straight. <laughs> Truth table asterisk trigger warnings always. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I had in mind, you know, my I think in some ways I was writing to my younger self. I was really trying to enter in to, to locate, you know, baby girl Akemini, you know, um, and, or, or high yeah, baby girl Akemini into high school Akemini, into college Akemini, into late twenties. I mean, this thing has been for my whole life, really, or this issue has been for, um, for my whole life, but not only just me, but I'm, I was also picturing just your regular, regular black girl. I just feel like a lot of people aren't always speaking to to your regular degular black girls. And that really matters, you know? <laughs> and I think in some ways we've been, something has happened. This is my whole little, let me get on my little. All right now. So this, this didn't make the page, but go ahead and go ahead and analyze. Or wait a minute. How about, how about, how about maybe you hold that thought and let us know what has happened after we come back with this commercial break. Em, do you know what's really important for the success of black books? Oh, I sure do. That pre-order action. That's we right. We want to make sure everybody knows that if you want to support Black publishers, Black books, Black authors, y'all come on out here and pre-order mm-hmm. this book. Yes, y'all. Pre-order Truth Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation at truthtable.com or wherever books are sold. Show the World by Angela Dalton, illustrated by Daria Peoples, is a celebration of self-expression and the power of using your voice, centering Black children and exploring the many things they can do, create, and say to make their mark. From painting music and slam poetry to engineering, protesting, and photography, a young narrator journeys through her neighborhood, encouraging readers to explore all the many ways they can express themselves. A gorgeously illustrated and powerful celebration of self-expression shows children that there are so many spaces and opportunities to use their voices and show the world exactly who they are. Truth Table listeners can purchase Show the World at www.penguinrandomhouse.com or wherever books are sold. Akemini, you know what's sad to see? 
Um, when someone has lost a loved one and they're having to use something like a GoFundMe just to piece together the resources to provide for them a, an, an honorable homegoing service. Yeah, girl, we've been there where we've oh, had to sure. bury relatives and have to, and this is pre-GoFundMe, honestly, where we have mm-hmm. to pull together money to bury our loved ones. And it's so hard when yeah. you're grieving, you don't want to have to do that type of labor Absolutely. Um, in order to give your loved one a dignified um, homegoing service. But we might not know how affordable and simple it is to obtain quality life insurance. That's why Jubilee Financial Group is part of the Symmetry Financial Group. Together, they partner with over 30 insurance companies to offer affordable solutions for mortgage protection, disability, retirement protection, term life, and more. Visit Jubilee Financial Services Group at jubileefinancialgroup.com to submit an inquiry and learn about how you can obtain affordable life insurance for you and your loved ones. And we're back. And Akimi, you were just, you were starting to theorize for us that something has happened. So yeah, t- tell us about what, what you think think is happening. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I, yes, I, I was writing to my younger self, um, which is not usually my natural incl- inclination, but what I promise you that it was the Holy Ghost taking over. You know, I'm not saying this is the Holy Writ, y'all. I'm just, <laughs> I was like, Holy Ghost. It's not, it's not yeah, the Bible. It's not. <laughs> well, not my words. Show me what, because you know, there's, you have a, I have a propensity. Let me just sit for myself to not divulge a whole bunch of stuff. Like everything don't belong to everybody, you know? Um, but the Holy ghost was really just like, no, no, you're going to talk about this. So I'm like, oh. so I, I was writing to my younger self. Yes. But, um, but like I said, before the commercial break, um, talking to regular, regular black girls. And I just feel like something has gotten lost in the cultural milieu where, um, I don't know, growing up back in the 90s, you would see regular, regular black girls that look just like you on TV. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you don't remember like like the Brandies, the Monicas. I mean, these are like round the way girls that you grew up with. And there was even a song about it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> with bra- bra- Bamboo earrings. There you go. At least two pounds. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 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 my bamboo earrings today, but I- come on, come on. But, um, but yeah, and of course, if you're a dark skinned girl with braids, and you know, everybody gonna call you Brandy. So, <laughs> or, or Patra, but go ahead. Or, Pat- <laughs> or Patra. Oh. We're on a romantic call, yes. Um, anyway, um, so I just feel like there's a way that we've somehow lost, and I don't know what it is, where the, where the, where the regular, regular black girl is no longer esteemed prize or even seen mm-hmm. really in the media anymore. Now mm-hmm. you see a lot of, you know, um, um, women, you know, on, you know, Instagram models or, mm-hmm. well, I guess they don't really do videos like that anymore, but you know what I'm saying, you know, I don't know what they're doing. Young people help me. I'm like, what do y'all do now? Okay. So, <laughs> but when you see, you know, um, uh, women who are who are typically racially ambiguous, you don't really know, they might got a little, a little something to be like, and she black, you, you, you don't know no more. And so, and you don't know no more. You don't, you don't know anymore. You're like, what is going on? So, so you just mm-hmm. don't see a lot of that anymore. And so, I, to me, I thought it was really important to talk to 
to mm-hmm. regular black girls, you know, because I am a regular black girl who really struggled with co- with colorism in some really real and deep ways. And it manifested itself in a really particularly, like I said, toxic way. And I know I'm not alone. The statistics tell me it's not alone. The data says I'm not alone. I ain't the only one that's harmed myself in the particular way that I did, that I described in detail in the book. So so that's those, those are the people I had in mind. Yeah. And that's, I mean, so many of the people who didn't just grow up in the same section in time as you, but also are wondering very similar things about where's the specifics, right? You hate Mm. to say that marketing is kind of all lives mattering beauty, um, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we, we definitely are moving away from that like dark skin, beautiful girl where there's so many that you can't just call every dark skin sister Brandy. You know, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. need. Yeah. That's the road yeah. we're trying to be on. Yeah, yeah. And, we've never, and we've never been right about that. <laughs> we ain't never really been right about it. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, when, when was these women around? Yeah, <laughs> they can't you know, quite but, land the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do wonder how you feel about the um, – is this one the – um, so this is the one where you were feeling like, this is the chapter where you're feeling like, I don't want to do this. Um, but at the same time, when you got in there and the Holy Spirit took over your hands and your mind, mm-hmm. um, there had to be probably more than what you could fit into what you did. So mm-hmm. what do you feel like, you know, if we had to ask, what are the appendix <laughs> pieces of the chapter? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. got left out? What's still in the Google Doc? Girl. Yeah. I, you know, uh, there's so many ways you can go, you know, with colorism. I, 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 I and I, it's beyond the scope of the book. Um, but there, so what I want, so what I did do in the book, because it's such a fraught topic, it's the trauma. It, it's traumatic for so many people. Um, um, depending on where you are, well, actually, regardless of where you are on the color spectrum, right. Um, because it's interpersonal, but it also is sociological. And so I had to, I really did have to make it clear, like, listen, y'all, I'm talking about an actual systemic sociological impact. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not the same experience. I'm not having the same experience with colorism that I'm had that a light-skinned woman is having. It's just facts of it. You know? So I was clear about that, but I, I think something that I I that was left unsaid or or but, but it was also beyond the scope of the book is how colorism maps onto men. I actually think that's something that's worth exploring. Um, but uh, the book is for black women. And so that's the reason why <laughs> I might've made a slight mention about how, you know, that colorism also impacts men too, but you know, um, there's an inverse relationship. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's complicated, it's just as complicated as it, uh, as it is with us, but there's things that are a little bit more complicated when it comes to men. And so I would just love to, you know, uh, I think that's something that I would have, I would have loved to have. Uh, maybe written about or included, but it was beyond the actual scope of the book. And so I was like, eh, let me just leave that, you know, for another day or for somebody else, <laughs> you know, uh, to explore just because there is an interconnectedness between, between us. Right. And so part of um, what is so oppressive about uh, colorism is the ways that we've been socialized to think about uh, our skin tones and how men have also been socialized. And because we are not divorced from one another, how they think about that impacts us, uh, as well. Whether you want to admit that or not, you know, uh, I have no shame in admitting that, that, and you don't have to center the male gaze for that to actually impact you. Um, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, so I would say that the way that colorism maps on, I would say onto black men, 
that was something I had to leave unsaid and couldn't really dive into because it's beyond the scope of the, um, you know, of the chapter in the book. Yeah, that's it's super interesting. That that got that was on the cutting floor of one of my chapters too. I talked about <laughs> about um, not not colorism, colorism, but more broadly speaking about complexion-based stereotyping and how that impacts mate selection and um, really the caricatures that we create about people yes. uh, based on who we, we we think they are because of the shade of their skin. Mm. Um, uh, so, so we got, we got stuff on the cutting floor. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a Kimini the very last word. Like what, what is, mm. you know, what's the takeaway um, for people from this chapter and what's, and how does this, how did this, what's, what's your personal takeaway from this chapter? So what do you want them to take away and what did this chapter do for you? Hmm. My goodness. That's good. Okay. So I think, um, for me, it showed me that I've come a long way, y'all a very long way. Cause when you read where I was, there you go, there you go. Come was, this far by faith. You know, you'll be like, wow. And where I was for a long time, you know, it wasn't just mm. an instant. You know, like, oh, it was just one time. Like, no, this was a course of years, decades, you know. So that was actually really Mm -hmm. encouraging to see, like, okay, how far I've come on that and being able to embrace my full self um, and love myself fully and love the reflection of the person that I see in the mirror. I couldn't say that um, for many, many, many years. And so so I'm grateful for that. I would say what I want... um, our readers to take away from that. I want, mm-hmm. I would like those who are struggling with their own self-perception um, of their own skin tone to locate mm-hmm. themselves. I hope that they can find some resonance and, and locate themselves within my story. Cause my story and my mm-hmm. example is really, well, it's extreme and it's not right. <laughs> it's something that um, is very secret that people do not broadcast. It's something that, that people do, mm-hmm. you know, in the dark, if you will, you know, no pun intended, you know, but it's something that people do in the dark. Um, and it, it, you don't broadcast this, you know, to the world. Right. Um, but a lot, millions of people are doing what I did. And so if one of our readers um, is in that place that I was once, once was, I hope that this person or these people can locate themselves in my own story. And that I, I hope that the book serves as a guide, like just literally a, a companion, like just walking with this person through um, really actually a decolonizing, decolonizing, decolonizing yeah. process, actually. That's that's what it actually requires, right? Um, and mm-hmm. Pretty subtle in that way, but that is actually what's happening in that chapter. Um, and then my hope is that for those who are... Um, who maybe don't have a problem with the self-perception, but the way that they perceive others. So these are the colorists. My hope is that they really would enter into some real introspection, real Mm self-examination. Like what ways have I stereotyped dark, Mm -hmm. you know, um, black folks, you know, what ways have I given preference Mm -hmm. to, you know, somebody that was lighter than light, lighter. Right. Or, or how has my preference, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we got them. Friends, um, been a product mm-hmm. of socialization. Uh, I'm hoping that people can take away and ask those questions because I do ask. I do ask. I think a couple um, probing questions in there of myself, and so I'm hoping mm. that people can actually be honest with themselves. It's, I'm not saying you got to go shout it from the rooftops. I'm a colorist. I mean, it's not something you want to. Exactly. Most people don't really want to. 
say that. They don't really admit that. <laughs> but if you can say, you know, like, ooh, oh my goodness, I've done it. I've been guilty of this. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like, how can I break this pattern? How can I begin to change? I just hope that it, it does begin to be a, a, a come to Jesus moment, if you will. Um, and I do talk about colorism and the cross and how um, the cross um you know, and how, how colorism is nailed to the cross. Uh, yes. Yes. Amen. So, <laughs> so those are my takeaways, you know, uh, and I want what I want people to take away. I'm, I'm actually, I can't wait to hear people's musings to see what they've actually written and what they've taken away from that chapter. The audacious well, perseverance of colorism. Hey, well, we all got a long list of things that we want to burn in hell. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and so Akimni, thanks so much for uh, writing this chapter and sharing your story with us. I mean, we feel like we know you, but um, we got to know you even more through your words. And it's a real gift to all the readers. Yes. Thank you all for um, having me at the table. (laughs) There you go. You know how you just show up. So there it is. We want to thank you for taking a seat with us at the table this week. Let's keep this conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about this episode using the hashtag Truce Table. Black women, did y'all know that Truce Table has a Black women's discipleship group on Facebook now? Make sure to follow Truce Table on Facebook and join our Facebook group today. Invite your homegirls too. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truce Table or email us your thoughts at info at trucetable.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truce Table has a Patreon account now, so you can send your love offerings to us there, patreon.com backslash truce table. Or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me backslash truce table. Truce Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Akimini, Christina, and Michelle. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.